Welcome to another edition of the Liga Mekis Preview, brought to you by the Mexican Soccer Show. I'm your host, Cesar Hernandez, and today we're going to dive into the first round of the Liga Mekis playoffs. And joining me to discuss the repechaje is Tom Marshall. Tom, playoffs are here, man. I'm excited. Are you excited? Yeah, excited. <laughs> I can tell you're thrilled. <laughs> no, yeah, it should be good. No, it's, I mean, it all, this is, you know, can debate the system that Lee MX has all day and all night and, and the benefits and the, the negatives. But at the end of the day, when these playoffs come around and it's it generally really exciting. I mean, there's, there's not too many occasions where you're like, there aren't good games in the playoffs. So, uh, so yeah, looking forward to it. And then obviously this time with that extra little twist of the, the playing round, you know, yeah. one game only to see who make up the, the, the last four quarter finalists. So, um, so definitely uh, an added an added twist this time. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, we were talking before we started recording, but you know, now we should bring up a little bit before we dive into the game, just the new structure and you know the, how the table looks like right now. So before we get into the game, just really quickly, um, here's a reminder about the new setup of the Liga MX playoffs. So as opposed to starting with the quarterfinals uh, this season, they're going to have a repechaje uh, featuring teams ranked fifth to twelfth. So it's going to be 5th versus 12th, 6th versus 11th, 7th versus 10th, 8th uh, versus 9th. Um, so they're essentially wildcard games uh, that'll determine who joins the top four in next week's quarterfinals. Uh, all the Repechaque games are single legs. Uh, the high-ranked teams host the, the match. And if it's a tie after 90 minutes, then uh, then we'll have some penalties. So that'll Speaks be... Penalties. Yeah, so we might get some penalties this weekend, which might be pretty fun, but... Yeah, Tom, just really quick. I mean, just like I said, we talked about it really quickly before recording the pod, but uh, thoughts on this and maybe even thoughts on the on the, on the the top four as well who have already qualified for the quarterfinals. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, this is coming right off the back of the international break. So so some some teams are, you know, affected by it. I mean, you know, Monterrey, Cesar Montes is, I think he's touch and go whether he's going to play after picking up the injury uh, to his groin in the, in with, with, with Mexico. Um, two starts too with Mexico too. That's something that I was thinking about as well. Like he's gonna be returning and like uh, had two starts with El Tri. So that's definitely big right there too. Yeah, for sure. And you know all the players coming back. It's uh, you know and then the ones coming back from South America as well. It's um, you know the the, the COVID nineteen situation thrown in there. Um, you know I think we're still waiting as the time of recording to see what's going on with Pachuca. Yeah, and Pachuca. We'll get into it when we when we preview the game, but. Um, there's some reports out that there was an, another 11 positive tests for Pachuca. Um, you know, America today have, have recorded two positive tests. I think, according to reports, Roger Martinez and um, Leo Suarez. I mean, two. You know, they're not they're not playing every week. Well, they're not playing. They're not starting every week. But two potentially attacking player, uh, good attacking players that can make a difference in the Liga. So, um, yeah, it's there's a lot of kind of those factors, and then you know. You know, would the managers prefer, you know, obviously you want to be in the quarterfinal. You don't want that risk of, of losing, you know, the, 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 the playing game. But is is there, is, there, is there an argument that if you play that first game and then once you get to the quarterfinal, you kind of don't know, you've got you've got a game under your belt. Where, whereas, you know, the likes of Leon, the likes of, you know, um, Club America, Cruz Azul, Pumas, they haven't played for like, I think it's, it's definitely two weeks. It might be, uh, you know... I think it's like 20 days, 18 days in some cases uh, where they haven't had, they haven't had a game and it's like that 
does affect the players, no doubt about it. It's not that it's not the same when you haven't played for so long. So there's that. I think there's that element to it as well. And and we're gonna see, we're gonna see how, how kind of all that all that plays out. Um, but obviously, Cesar coming into it this weekend, it's the uh, you know it's the, it's the wild card. It's the shootout. And you know, there's some really really big teams in there, and some yeah. a couple of teams that that I consider you know among the definitely among the favourites for the title, including. You know the reigning champions Monterrey, and obviously the the the, the really strong Tigres, and then you know um, you know Chivas in the you know making the playoffs for the first time since 2017. So there's a lot on the line this weekend. Yeah, most definitely, especially since I mean when you're looking at the top four, I mean it's easy to say that Leon are the favorites because you know they have 40 points they only had one loss i mean yes granted Pumas I mean, have one loss as well but just you know, leon were just so much more impressive with them with, with the more wins that they collected but i think if either monterey or tigres go through then that kind of changes everything up in the quarterfinals so i i feel like that's something that i'm definitely gonna be keeping an eye because i i think the introduction of one or two of those teams is going to be massive and if both of them uh, don't qualify, then that's just going to be... I mean, you're assuming Monteritigas don't go through, which, I mean... I mean, I guess we'll get into it later, but... Ooh, it's gonna everybody... be, it'll, be, it'll be crazy if they don't go through. But yeah, it's one-off yeah. so one game, and... I don't know, we'll, we'll get into it, but um, it's their own fault for not getting in that top four, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like it's not like, you know, America were amazing all season. Like, no way. You know, they, they scored a lot of goals, but it's like America had ups and downs, and apart from Leon, you know, everybody was it was it was attainable for for Monterrey and Tigres to be in that top four. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I like what you said about the about how it's all going to work out as well, because you know, it's it's potentially you know we're going to see. I think the top four are probably you know when I say top four, you know, fifth to eight are probably the favourites. You know, Monterrey, Tigres, Chivas, and Santos. I mean, potentially. You know, Santos and Pachuca, you can argue about Chivas and the Caxi, you could probably argue about. But I think if you look to the bookmakers, I think those top four, but that, that would leave a Leon against Santos, Chivas against Pumas, Tigres, America, Cruz Azul, Monterrey. So, you know, I don't know. It's it, That would be some quarterfinal lineup, I think. Yeah. And you assume that uh, if, if you're a fan of the teams who have already qualified for the quarterfinals, that uh, they'll probably uh, be rooting for uh, Puebla and also be rooting for Toluca this weekend. <laughs> yeah. But should we, yeah. should we get into any other... Any yeah, other yeah. Yeah. Should we start yeah, with... Uh, let's start with Santos versus Pachuca. Uh, that'll be the first game uh, on Saturday. Um, wait, what? <laughs> no, no, I'm just laughing because... Um, I don't know. I, I just remembered that last game of the regular season. <laughs> I was just going to bring up a point about Santos playing at home. And then I remembered that the only reason they're playing at home is they they, they defeated Mazatlan 4-0 yeah. in the last regular season game to, to buy one goal surpass Pachuca. And it was like, on paper, it's not that big a deal. You know, it's not, it's not a massive thing. But then you look at both teams, Santos and Pachuca, and, you know, especially Santos, I mean, they've lost one in 26. You know, one in 26 games at home. I mean, this is a team that... For whatever reason, it's extremely difficult to beat up there in Torreon, and um, and so you know that that's just flipped for me that tie, this tie on the head. I mean, from from a yeah from a, from not a series from a one-off game that you would probably if it was in Pachuca, you'd probably put Pachuca just about ahead, but you know really flip a coin type of game to one that now I think you know Santos with that boost of of kind of winning the last game in the regular season. I, 
I don't know. He was just uh, a crazy end to the to the regular season for Santos, and I don't know. I just think that that late goal just puts him just puts him in in pole position for this one. Yeah. No. I mean, I agree. I mean, that's that's one of my little talking points here. Is just, is that I think both these teams are quite close. You know, I think this might potentially be the closest game uh, of this this weekend, depending on uh, you know whether there are more po- positive COVID cases or not for Pachuca. Because if so, I mean, that that might throw everything out the window for them. But I think, assuming that they still have some key players, I think this will be very, very close. But like you said, the big difference between these two sides is just how they ended their regular seasons. And it might be really telling about how this match might go. Because I could say everything I want about being like, oh, you know, you know, Santos, you know, their expected goal, expected like goals or uh, XGA, like the expected goals allowed, like that, that one's like, uh, it's, it's pretty impressive along with Pachuca. So it might be a low scoring game, but Santos won for nothing. And Pachuca, you know, who had some COVID issues, uh, they end the season with a one nothing loss to Nagaxa because that you know, Santos leapfrogged them. And now they're going to be hosting this, the, this tie. So that final game might be telling about how this one could go, even though on paper it could be close as well. Well, a lot's going to depend on the COVID case. I mean, you know, it wasn't just a little issue. It was, you know, 14 players out and then yeah. they promoted players from the youth system. I mean, you know, fair play in a way to Pachuca for, for getting on with that game because I think I think they had grounds to kind of, you know, re- rearrange it. But then again, when would you have rearranged it? So yeah. um, it's not ideal, but I mean, I think it's an issue as well in the playoffs in general. I mean, what's going to happen if we get another, if we get another Tijuana where you know thirty positive yeah. cases? If we get another yeah. Pachuca where you got fourteen, I mean, it, it's a really, really delicate situation, and especially with all these internationals. You know, I think twenty-seven. I think the Liga MX that there was twenty-seven players that that have kind of um, they were on international duty and that are involved in these playoffs. So um, it, it's it's a, it's a really it's a delicate situation. Uh, you know, we know that. Over thirty percent of the players so far in Liga MX have tested positive at some point between when this all broke out and and now, which is an astonishing number. I mean, it doesn't seem to have kind of picked up that much attention, but and I think it's because it's just been every week. There's been few cases, you know. I think the Tijuana, the Pachuca ones really jumped out. Um, you know, yeah. there's a couple of youth ones as well. I think Juarez had twenty something. Mazatlan had a lot in the youth systems, um, but. But apart from that, it's just been kind of three, four, two there, four. You know what I mean? And it's like every yeah. every one of these cases is serious. But you just kind of like just because because it's so frequent now. I think you just get you just kind of get used to it, and um, it's probably probably not a good thing. But yeah, Pachuca. I think um, you know I, I like Victor Guzman. I think this yeah. is a, another chance for him to kind of step up. Um, you know, obviously if he's if he's ready to play. Um, I, you know, I, I like Pachuca's team. Um, you know, yeah. we've got to remember that Burrito Hernandez has, has been injured, so they've had to kind of reshuffle the midfield. I think uh, Eric Sanchez has been had a really good season, young Mexican central midfielder. Um, and, you know, I, I just think they missed a centre-forward. And I know, like, Victor Davila yeah. has kind of stepped in. You know, Roberto de la Rosa has been the main starter. But, he, I don't know, he's just... He's not, he's not been where he needed to be. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know... I, I think I think uh, Pachuca are being rumored with Quiroga from Atlético San Luis, and it kind of makes sense. Although you know they've also kind of got Leo Ramos, and I think he's going to move on. And they've also they also had Colin Kazim Richards, and they also got Robert Nursi. And and 
and you know, the pretty similar style to centre forward yeah. to um, Quiroga, to be honest. So it's kind of a little bit strange, but yeah, it's um, it's a team that has conceded the fewest shots on goal yeah. against of any team in Liga MX this season. So they, they know how to keep keep it tight, and and this is a, they can beat Santos. They can make a run in this in this playoff. I don't have any any real doubt about that from Pachuca, but I think a lot has to go right. And I looked at the Santos, and I looked at that. To that home record, not that it mean it predicts the future, but it's just that level of confidence they have going into that game when they're stepping out on their own pitch, and um, and you think that you know they've got a a really good shot of of getting over the line. I think Diego Valdez is going to be back um, again. You know Guillermo Almada is going to have to shift things up again, see what he does. He's obviously got Cervantes, he's got Gorriarian. Gorriarran, sorry. <laughs> um, you know, very versatile, plays in different positions in the midfield or even out wide. And and then, you know, is he going to go with two up front? Is he going to go with a, a kind of different, you know, Rivero and Fuch? Or, or is he going to try something different out? But, um, and I think Acevedo as well. I look, yeah. at, I look at him, you know, young keeper, 100% is impressed this season. You know, I think he's, he's shown confidence. Um but now, now it's Liguilla. It's a different, it's a different tournament, as the as the kind of cliche goes, and 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 it's a different type of pressure. I mean, it's not just about getting in the the playoff spots and then seeing what happens. It's now this is where you define your season. So I'm really interested to see, um, you know, how he copes with that kind of different type of pressure. I'm really interested to see Forge too, because this wasn't you know the best season that he's had, but he seems to be rediscovering his form. Um, in his uh, recent games, he has four goals and two assists in his uh, last seven, uh, last seven, last seven matches. And uh, if the rumors are true. Maybe last chance for Forge to get a title with Santos before heading to Atlas, right? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what those rumors are saying. But but as you mentioned, like Goriaran, I mean, he looked fantastic against Mazatlan. You know, you mentioned Acevedo, who's going to be a big factor in that. But I think for Pachuca, I mean, I guess the key thing here, I mean, it's just it's just if if. If their key figures are fit and ready, I mean, you mentioned a couple of them there. We also got to bring up, you know, Oscar Murillo, you know, Luis Chavez, you know, Eric Aguirre. Then Luis I think, Tavi. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then I think that Pachuca have a decent chance just because of how well they've done defensively, yeah. you know, but, but at the same time, it's just, it, it all depends on which of those key players are fit. Cause we just don't know who's going to be ready, how healthy they're going to be. So if, if those key players are ready, then I'm kind of leaning towards Pachuca slightly. Like I said, it's going to be very, very close just because of how well they've done defensively. But if, if a couple of those key players are missing, then you just, yeah, then, then Santos definitely yeah. have the adventure. Yeah. I mean, I'm hundred percent going, you know, Santos with the, with the advantage, and I, and I say it for, for two reasons. One, the home, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, the, that yeah. record at home, the fact that they've won three of the last five, and, and Pachuca, I think, have only won one of the last five. But also, just the preparation for this game. You know, Pachuca, yeah. if the rumours are to be believed, and they, and they recorded 11 positive tests, just like, you know, on the Tuesday, I think, ahead of the weekend games, then they won't have been able to train. You know, they won't have been able to prepare properly for this game and I think that's that's a massive factor and that's why uh I'm I'm, I'm predicting Santos all right we'll I'll go I, depending on just to be a little contrarian to you but I, I just hoping that uh uh <laughs> that yeah, but I, could, yeah. it, they end up being all right and you have maybe someone like Oscar Mario like having a fantastic performance in the back line and maybe you know Eric Aguirre does you know very well as like a you know pushing up on that left flank and I'll go with, with a one nothing win for Pachuca I think it's gonna yeah. be a narrow win for Pachuca 
Yeah, and they only lost they only lost four all season Pachuca, so it's not like yeah. a team that you know they, they're always in the game. They, they're always there or thereabouts, and and obviously, um, obviously we just got to hope that they test positive just for the for the well being of the players as well, and but that and they don't so that, that, that they don't test positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. we I, we kind of figured what you were. I, I think we kind of figured what you were saying. <laughs> Hopefully, people know that I'm not some kind of evil uh, <laughs> evil guy wishing <laughs> wishing that kind of thing on on other human beings. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you're joking. Uh, you weren't joking there, but um, let's go to uh, should we move on to Chivas versus Nagaxa. So number seven, Chivas versus number ten, Nagaxa. Um. <laughs> what do you I, say here as well? I, I mean, mean yeah, because because I feel like I think this is also going to be a close one because in theory you think Chivas should have the advantage here, and then there's a the news that Chivas are going to be missing Macias, they're going to be missing Vega, and not only that, but Necaxa have also got five consecutive wins. But Tom, if you ask me, I don't think we should make too big of a deal about those wins. Um, no, I mean, I think in a, in a way it's, it's just that boost of confidence, you know, I think, I think that's what those wins provide. And I think, you know, defensively, I think, you know, the, out of those five games, they only conceded in one, you know what I mean? So I think from the defensive point of view, um, Profi Cruz has, has really got things going. I think Bilbao, the, the Spanish centre-back has been really good signing, probably one of the best signings of the, of the season in League MX and, um, and and yeah, definitely. Again, this is a this is a tough one to call. Um, yeah, yeah. I think we go go for the Nakaxa side first, and then you know I think we need to talk about the Alexis Vega as well and what's happened and the the yeah. kind of repercussions. But uh, from the Nakaxa side, they've they've got nothing to lose. <laughs> you know, yeah. they've got literally nothing to lose, and that's what I like about the chances here. Um, you you know, th- all the pressure is on Chivas. Um, all the all the scandal this season has been at Chivas. All the all the speculation, all the all the you know the pressure that being under the spotlight is on Chivas. And then you've got the Nakaxa who, you know, they've just gone from being really poor at the start of the season. I mean, let's not forget they they did have big problems with, with coronavirus cases. Right. Um, right. You know, they, they, they did they did struggle with that, and and you know, new signings coming in, and it was it was really tough for them at the start. But they've just. Profit Cruz has just got it together. He's just built this team that is is solid. You don't expect him to be to Nakaxa to be blown away. And and the very kind of efficient, you know, I think Cabrera um in central midfield, you know, it's not just his passing, I think it's set pieces as well. Yeah. His set pieces are superb, both direct free kicks on goal, but also, you know, crossing it in there. I think that's a a weapon that Chivas have to be, you know, really, really careful about. And I think Pasarini as well has been, he's a handful up front. I mean, I don't think, you know, three goals in 15 games isn't something that you're going to, you know, kind of go crazy about. But he's, um, I think he's definitely, he's definitely added. And he's, and he's he, especially when he's, and he's maybe up there and he's a bit kind of isolated at times, although Ian Gonzalez as well has been kind of, you know, supporting him of late. Um, I think Pasarini has, has managed to, he managed to oc- occupy the defence. So, I know Zandejas as well. Yeah, yeah. Is is you know probably going to move on to a to a bigger team at some point pretty soon. Um, in central midfield, I think he's the captain as well. And so yeah, I, I don't I quite like Nakax's chances here, Cesar. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, 
they do deserve praise. I mean, like, why? I mean, why wouldn't they deserve praise after getting five wins in a row? And you mentioned a lot of interesting players. You know, Cabrera. You know, I'm not sure if you brought up Malagón uh, at all yeah. or not. You're doing well net, and yeah, definitely Alex Zendejas, who's finally getting regular Liga Mekis minutes. You know, I, I've definitely been impressed by him, but I just don't think it'll be enough against against Chivas. I think it'll be once again, it'll be close. I just don't think it's gonna be enough, and I just think that. It, just, I think we have to recognize who they're getting wins over. They beat. I mean, if we're, let, let's just like take a look at the regular season standings. I mean, they got a win over number number sixteen Atlas, number fifteen Cholos, number seventeen Queretaro, number eleven Toluca, and number nine Pachuca. I guess you could point to say like, oh, you know, they got the win over Pachuca, but that was the win where where Pachuca were dealing with those positive COVID nineteen cases. So it wasn't a Pachuca side that yeah. was at their best. So I'm just. I'm, I think they'll go. They'll get very close, but I, I guess what what I'm trying to say here is that I think that Chivas, even without Macias and Vega, are still better than what uh, than than Nagasa can provide. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not impossible. You know, you could have a good game from Pasadini, as you mentioned, or or Cabrera, but I just can't see it happening against a team that's better than the ones that they faced recently. Yeah, no, I think I think you put Chivas, you put Chivas as favourite. Obviously, they've got a deeper squad, and and for me, it's a really good squad still. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I, I just think there's that there's big question marks over Chivas, and you know, they they they, they defeated Monterrey on the last day of the season. They came from behind. I think that was a that was an important boost. But um, but yeah, I think that you know, not having Macias, I think is a blow. Even though I tweeted that out and everyone was going crazy. Yeah, but, um, that was pretty funny. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> No, I, I agree with you. I think I think that you'd put Chivas just about ahead here, um, but but yeah, like I said, I like Nakaxa's chances of pulling up, pulling yeah. off an upset, and and I say that because it's the this is the final. You know, this is this their season is this game. You know what I mean? They get to the quarterfinals. It's been a, a really good season again. Um, if they go out this to Chivas, then it's not the end of the world. You know, but for Chivas, if they go out here and you know, <laughs> you can you can just imagine the headlines the next day. Um, and yeah, I do. I do think. Um, I do think the the Vega situation has been handled really weirdly. I can't remember anywhere really. Obviously, not just in Mexico, but all over the world, you've got this kind of club v country, you know, back and forth. We hear it all the time. You know, clubs don't like it when the when the players go to um, to the national team. But you know, Vega going to the under twenty threes. You know, playing that game against. Cruz Azul on the Sunday, you know, and then apparently being injured by Nacho Rivero, who, who you know, Cruz Azul midfielder, sometimes right back, and then he's out for four to six weeks. And he has been he's been pretty good this season, Vega. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, definitely in the last game he was good, but I'd also say he's you know he scored two in twelve games, and I don't know that, that's something he needs to improve. But anyway, <laughs> um, it was weird that Chivas come out with you know the the press release saying that he's injured. But then Belais comes out and gives a video saying that he believes it was an intentional um, foul by Rivero, and they've got the club has got evidence to suggest that he, Rivero went out to injure Vega. I mean, that is a serious accusation. Like I'm not, I think even in legal terms, you know, I mean, to come out and say that one player has gone after another player with the intent to injure him, you know, malicious was actually was the word um, malintencionado. 
I mean, that's that's a serious complaint. And then, then obviously you had the situation where um, you know Busicic as well went on to the any and, and and repeated it basically and said that you know the club had put together put together evidence and all this kind of thing. And um, I don't know, I didn't like it to be honest. I mean, I understand the frustration, and I do understand. The point that I think Vucicic said, which I 100% agree with, is why on earth were the under-23s playing Cruz Azul? Yeah. Like, Cruz Azul are in the playoffs. They're going to be playing against these guys that they're playing against. Why put the players in that situation? You know, I, th- I thought that was ridiculous, to be honest, from the from the FMF. I think it was just not well thought out. Um, you know, the under-23s haven't got a game until, like, competitive game until March. It's just like you don't need to play that game. Play play them against the under twenties, or you do what you need to do. But don't play put them up against Cruz Azul, where this kind of situation can happen. Obviously, easier with hindsight when some ridiculous incident like this happens. But um, but I don't know. I just thought Chivas were kind of just you know just it's the real blow for him, but just kind of overreacting and coming out with stuff that really, unless I don't know. I mean, I don't want to think that Rivera has gone out and absolutely yeah. launched at Vega to, in order to injure him. I don't know what happened in the game. I don't think anybody truly knows what happened in the game. Maybe there was a concentration between them both. I mean, you know, you you read reports there was another incident earlier in the game. Um, and then, you know, we'll see it saying that they were going after, you know, Beltran. They were trying to kick Beltran as well. And it's like, honestly, I mean, is the, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just think it's an unnecessary distraction ahead of these, out of the playoffs following other distractions with you know the Vialpando and the the three other players that have kind of been yeah. um, suspended from the club indefinitely, and you know the 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 other stuff that went on with Antuna early in the season and it's and Vega as well and it's just kind of like I, I don't know it's you understand the frustration but at the same time it's like let's focus on the game. Yeah, no, it definitely felt a little weird seeing this press release. It's definitely a like recount the vote press conference in front of the four the four seasons total landscaping situation you're like what's going on here it definitely felt a bit weird <laughs> but i guess but i guess i guess the thing is though i i think i, I guess the important thing for chivas is that i mean antuna's still fit you know and i think he's arguably you know, been their best player this season and although he didn't make my league of mickey's best 11 he'd be someone that be coming off the bench you know for my league of mickey's best 11 and yes Bastias and Vega aren't there, but as I mentioned, I still think that they're better than than what Nagaska provide. I know there's a lot of there. There's been a, a long list of weird stuff that's that's happened to them this season, but I mean, I think Antuna and others like Brizuela. I mean, Zaldivar. Maybe he's going to get the start up top. Uh, Angulo and you know, dare I say, Oribe Peralta getting minutes. All those working together. All, all those players working together. I think I think Chivas should be fine. I don't I don't think it's going to be impressive i think it's gonna be a narrow win i think it's if i was to go with a prediction i would go with it with a two to one for them but i think in the end they should they, they should still be okay yeah no yeah like i said i think they should have enough um i, I just I, I quite fancy nakaksami for some reason yeah. i just think the i just think they've got absolutely nothing to lose like i said um chivas on paper definitely the favorite playing at home as well but I don't know. Something, there's something, something Uh-oh. kind of not right at Chivas, and there's something about Nakaksa that is just, I don't know. Just like I said, nothing, nothing to lose. Go in there, give absolutely everything for ninety minutes, and and you've kind of your season's been a you know a pretty good success. So, uh, so yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it though. I'm looking forward to it though, just because of that. Definitely. Are you gonna give a prediction? I feel like you gave a prediction with the Santos Pachuca one. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to go 1 0 Nakaxa. Oh, all right. All right. So just to, just to steal it, just a really tight game, and then and achieve us over commit themselves towards the end and, you know, and, and the cats are kind of capitalized. All right, so let's move on to Tigres versus Toluca. That's number six. Tigres was number 11, Toluca, on Sunday. Uh, Tom, is it is it fair to say that Saturday will have some close games and Sunday we might potentially have some big wins for the heavy favorites starting off with, with Tigres? Is it fair yeah. to say that? Yeah, it's what you expect. I think 100% is what you expect. I mean... Um, I, I definitely think there's a bit there's a difference between the Tigres Toluca game and the Monterrey Puebla. Okay. I mean, I, I think Monterrey Puebla. I can't see Puebla doing anything. You yeah. know what I mean? I just can't. <laughs> I can't imagine the scenario unless something ridiculous happens. You know, Monterrey go down to ten men and then nine men, and I don't know. I, th- I think Monterrey would beat Puebla with ten players, to be honest. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so I think that. Um, but 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 in terms of Tigres, Toluca, uh, Tigres Toluca, Tigres have drawn games at home. Like they, yeah. they should never have drawn. I mean, um, you know, the last game against Atlas, I think they drew at home against Juarez, and that's two of the last three games, if I'm not mistaken. So so there's there's, there's that element to it. The only thing is, I'm not sure if Toluca, who, if I'm not mistaken, had the worst defensive record in the league, um, well aside from Mazatlan and Atletico San Luis. Um, I'm not sure that if they've got the kind of defensive discipline yeah. to kind of see it through, to carry out that kind of game plan where you are really patient, where you just don't let Tigres have any kind of gaps between the lines and you try and hit him on the counter and the set pieces. And, you know, I don't know if Toluca have, have got enough to to play that kind of game plan. And if they do open up, then you just expect Tigres to, to fully take advantage. But um, I think Tigres, I mean, Toluca will be... I don't know. I think it'll be a pretty good game, to be honest. I mean, Toluca have got enough up front. Um, you know, we'll see. You know, Alexis Canelo, and and with Estrada, we'll see. We'll see what those two can do. Um, but yeah, and 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 you know, Sam Sam West is still hanging around there. Can he can still. he kind of conjure up a bit of magic? You know. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're hundred percent. You you hundred percent go with um, go go with Tigres for this yeah. one. I guess because if you're if you're if you're Toluca, I mean, I guess, I guess the hope for them is to pick up on Tigres' predictability. I mean, you know, Tigres are going to want possession ball. You know, they're probably going to play a four four two, and you know that they'll be too comfortable late in the game. I was looking at some of the late goals that they've allowed, and it's it's actually pretty surprising. I mean, twelve of the sixteen goals that they've allowed this season were in the second half. And actually, six of the 16 goals they've allowed this season were scored at or after the 90th minute. So almost almost 40% of the goals that Dignes have given up have been at or after the 90th minute, which is pretty shocking <laughs> from them. But I guess here's the thing, though, is that even if, like you said, even if this is another one of those weird games and we've seen, and it's not like we've only seen one or two of them. We've, I feel like we've seen a handful of them, you know, where Dignes are winning one nothing and then there's a late equalizer there or it's one to one and then there's a late game winner from the from the other side from the for their uh, opposition i think even if it ends in a tie i think Degas are the last liga mekis team i'd want to face in a penalty shootout i think that you have Gignac, you have leo fernandez you have lopez and then in net you have nawel i mean I, I think that's definitely the last team i'd want to face in a shootout so even if Degas do allow a late goal and and if it, if it's a draw and they end up, you know, with a one-to-one 
you know, result that they didn't expect, I still think that they'll more than likely be okay in a shootout. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. I think Tigres, you know what you're going to get. I think um, it's not like they've, not, they've been without issues this season. I mean, I think earlier in the season as well, they were they were getting opened up in defence as well. I do think Tuca Ferretti, given all the options he's got, he's taken time and he's kind of, you know, I think Salcedo coming back to form has been, yeah. has been really important for, for Tigres as well. Um, and if that continues, then, you know, they, they've got options. They've got Mesa, they've got, you know, Hugo Ayala, um, and yeah, no, I think Tigre is obviously one of the one of the favourites. Um, I, I loved uh, Carlos, Carlos uh, Morales, um, the the kind of I think he's still the interim head coach at Toluca. Uh, loved the phrase ahead of this game because obviously you've got this, you know, Tigre and Monterrey and are they are they big clubs? Blah blah blah. It does get a bit boring, but I just I just, I just thought he came out firing today, and I thought you know you're a couple of days out from a game that you're kind of the underdog in. No doubt about it. So why not? And and I kind of like yeah. it when managers come out and not not being ridiculous, but like just being like really like kind of this is my position. And he was like, you know, you know, the media when you know when when it when it's um, when it's convenient for him, they bring out these stats and he's like, you know, we've you know, he's like, um, you know, I did I didn't I didn't ever finish the unit my university, but I did like secondary school and and in high school. You know, what's that prepper? I don't know what prepper is. I think high school or whatever. Um, you know, and, and he was like, and I, you know, I worked out that, that we've got ten titles, and, and Tigres have seven. <laughs> 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 he was like, he was like <laughs> um, but you know, he went on to say that, um, you know, that the, the, you know, the 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 press in Monterrey just really don't like their teams being criticised, and it's true, it's there is a divide in the press. Um, but he also said, you know, it's a city I like. That his son was born in Monterrey, blah blah blah. So he wasn't kind of having a massive go, but it's um, yeah, it's it's interesting for him to just come out and say, look, you know, and and I like that mentality, and I like that mentality yeah. that to, that he will have instill instilled into his Toluca team going up there that they can win this game, and um, it's not it's not beyond the realm of possibilities. You know, it's one game, um, but yeah, just quickly moving on to the to the other game, that's where I kind of I don't I just I can't see Puebla doing it. I've not. Yeah. I don't know. I just uh, with Puebla this season, I'm still not quite sure. I mean, you know, how the, how they got into that last spot. To be honest, no <laughs> disrespect to them. I mean, you you gotta you gotta applaud them for for getting six wins this season and finishing in twelfth. I don't think either of us expected that. You know, but at the same time, I mean. You know, you you, you got to praise him for that. We gave him, a, I think, we gave him an eight out of ten for for doing that. So well done to well done to them. But I mean, they qualified in just the narrowest of margins. I mean, two one nothing wins to close out the season, and you're just one point above thirteenth. Uh, I mean, it's just it's 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 just going to be just incredibly tough for them again against Monterrey. I mean, I know that when you mentioned you know Cesar Montes might not be available. You know, but still, I mean, Monterrey's attack is they're just too strong. You know, Funes Mori's going to have his chances. Nico Sanchez is going to have is be a threat in set, set pieces. You got Gallardo making runs. You know, Pavon, Layun, Vincent Jansen. You know, Trial Rodriguez support. It's just it's it's going to be too overwhelming for Puebla. I mean, maybe they'll go with a five man back line. They tried that, you know, last time against Monterrey. That didn't work out, but. I guess the only only way is if somehow if Monterrey aren't capitalizing on their chances and if Viconis is having a good performance in net, but just I'm just not seeing it at all for 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 Puebla. You know, just they're, they're, I 
I think this is going to be an easy win for for Monterrey. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I think that's that's the way I see it as well. I think you know, obviously, Ormeño's had a had a good season, six goals in thirteen games. I think he's gonna, you know, when he gets chances, and if he gets chances, he's gonna have to take them. Um, you know, I, I think that obviously defensively, I think the um, the Cornish is gonna have to have a good game in goal. Um, you know, and and they're not they're not bad defensively, Puebla. I mean. You know, they're very kind of, they're not very mobile, they're not very fast at the back, but then again, they sit deep, you know what I mean, and invite teams on and then and then hit yeah. them on the counter. So I, I just think that that kind of, you know, I don't know, I, I'm not sure if that that kind of approach is going to be, um, is going to do real damage to, to Monterrey. I mean, I don't know, we'll, we'll see. I think that um, th- there is a bit more, there's obviously more pressure on Monterrey, they can't fail here. I think that what I said for Nakaxa does hold as well for Puebla. I just think Nakaxa, have got that little bit more quality, and they're going up against um, you know weaker opposition in Chivas. If you compare Chivas to to Monterrey right now, then I think um, you definitely prefer to be to be going up against uh, against Chivas. But um, no, yeah, it'll be um, it'll be interesting and obviously massive, massive result for Puebla. Who I don't know when the last time was that they actually made the playoffs. I you know the real playoffs where you make, <laughs> you get into the quarterfinals, but. It, it, I can't even remember it. You know, I can't even yeah, remember. Maybe back with Chelis, to be honest. Um, and and that's that's I don't know. I know I've said it before, but for a city like Puebla, and it's an absolutely gorgeous city, and you know, um, big city as well. You know, it's not a small place. And now, and um, I don't know. He deserves a good team. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm looking looking forward to it as well. In a way. I mean, that said, Monte, this is what I'm saying. Monterey's going to be winning 2 nothing, and then Bilbao's going to have a little bit of hope with a late counter that makes it 2-1, to one, but Monterey's still going to win. <laughs> I mean, are, are, you going, are, are we both going for Monterey Tigres going through? Because I do think, I mean, yeah, I think Monterey, they're going to like dominate most of the game, 2 nothing. maybe Puebla get like a late goal. I think Tigres, I'm going with a 3-1 to one win for them. I think it'll be fun uh, against the Luca, but they'll end up getting a a couple of uh, uh, crucial goals there, but yeah, I'm, I'm going with Montedigas, right? That's, I, I, I can't imagine the, unless if you think the Luca are going through. No, I mean, there's no way you can go against those two in, in games that are at home as well. Um, yeah. And to be honest, I know it sounds kind of bad, but th- there's an, another element to this is that if you, you look at the, you know, we know that the game's been kind of badly, badly damaged by the by COVID nineteen in terms of the financial side, the business side, and there'll be a certain amount you can absolutely bet your bottom dollar that the TV companies showing these games, um, there'll be some of them that are rooting really hard for Monterrey, Tigres, and Chivas. You know, yeah. um, I think Santos and Pachuca are both on Fox, so it doesn't doesn't make a massive difference, but. Um, you can, you know, you, like I said, going back to what we started with. I mean, if you if you if you set up where right Santos Pachuca, I think we both agree to kind of flip. You know, we don't. It's Santos probably favour, but you know, there's not much between them. You know, it's going to be Santos or Pachuca against Leon. Then if Chivas can get through against Nakaxa, it's Chivas Pumas. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's like a yeah. proper big big game. And then America Tigres, and that's become like you know, it's not a classical like some people say and some people. It's a, cl- it's a it's a classical that's not a classical. It's a classical that's not a classical. That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> it is a damn good game though when them two you know get together in the Liguilla and it's you know over 180 minutes and then Cruz Azul Monterrey. I mean, 
I don't know. I'm I'm really really excited about it all, but we'll see. I mean, let's not completely rule out those other clubs and um and yeah, bring it on. Yeah, yeah. So a really quick reminder: yeah, the winners go through the quarterfinals. Uh, if it's a tie, go straight to penalties. So if you like some excitement in uh, late excitement League of Mikey's games, definitely root for some ties uh, this weekend. And then yeah, then we'll then we'll be back to uh, the uh, playoff structure that we're accustomed to, uh, the quarterfinals, which is going to start uh, next week. But uh, Tom, any other final thoughts before we uh, wrap things up? Um, not really. No. Um, yeah, not 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 anything in particular. Just looking forward to them and. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, let's see how they go. Yeah, keep an yeah. eye on. Uh, uh, what is it? <laughs> Amy? She's working on. A, she's working on a a, a couple of some brackets with our predictions. Uh, so we'll see how that goes as well. Uh, I think. I think the places aren't set just yet. But I think Tom, you and I, we are in the repechaje for the bracket since we have yet to win <laughs> the league of, uh, the Mexican soccer show uh, uh, league of madness, as uh, as Amy likes to call it. So. Hopefully we we go through to the quarterfinals, but and I, I guess our, apparently our picks haven't been that great in the past couple seasons. <laughs> no, no, I need to step it up this season, big uh, time. All right, so keep an eye on that. But, uh, but yeah, that's it for us. Uh, thanks to Tom, thanks to listeners, and thanks to Amy for posting these online. Don't forget to give us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to connect with us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Mech Soccer Show and on Instagram at The Mexican Soccer Show. Thanks again, and until next time, we'll see you in the next episode. See you guys around.